1: Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it's an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I'll be introducing my guests shortly, and I promise this will be fun and informative today. It'll be great. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I typically do this every single week. I'm getting to experience putting on a live event this week for the first time. Even though it's a virtual event, there's still a lot that goes into it, such as arranging to get the speakers, getting their topics, getting registrations so people will attend. And so much more. It's it's been a fun journey, and I'd love for all of you to join us. The event is called Authorpreneur Live, and it's for people who want to write and market their books and then leverage their books into greater opportunities. Scheduled to appear include uh, some people who have been on this show, Laurel Langmeier, the millionaire maker. She's going to talk about how to become a millionaire in three to five years using your book. Uh, Sharon Lecter is scheduled to appear. She will talk about how to create intellectual property to play big in your business and in your career. Uh, This is just going to be amazing. Debbie Allen's going to be talking about how to become a highly paid expert in your field. Eric Laugholm is going to talk about how to make more sales in your book. We're going to have sessions on Kindle publishing, how to make, Your uh, book sales go viral, Um, just a lot of really great, great stuff. So you can register for free at AuthorpreneurLive.com. If you miss the sessions, you can still register and take the opportunity to purchase the recordings later for a, a nominal fee. And we'd love to have all of you there. With all this in mind, I do want to introduce my guest. My guest this week is Alex Stern. Let me tell you about him. Alec has more than 25 years of experience as a founder and hyper growth agent for companies across industries, including Constant Contact. He's a primary member of Constant Contact's founding team as one of the original three in an attic and was with the company for 18 years from startup to IPO to a $1.1 billion acquisition. As CEO and co founder of international shipping and logistics provider Point to Point Global, he defines the company's vision, mission, and strategy to provide innovative, customized international mail and e-commerce logistics services to customers. While pursuing opportunities for expansion via strategic partnerships and acquisitions, he speaks all over the country. He's known as America's Startup Success Expert. He's spoken at Secret Knock, Power Team International, Habitude Warrior, and City Summit. He has shared the stage with people such as Ashton Kutcher, Jack Canfield, Mark Victor Hansen, and Kevin Harrington. He's known as one of the Northeast's 20 most accomplished entrepreneurs. He's a limited partner in Boston based G20 Ventures. And he's an angel investor in a number of rising startups in various industries. And not only all of that, but he loves music. He's accomplished as a drummer and has had the honor of sitting in with a number of musicians, including Toby Keith's house band in Las Vegas. Wow, what a life. So we're going to talk about a lot of these things and so much more. Here we are with my very special guest, Alex Stern. How are you today, Alec? Doing really well, Brian. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you for being here. It's an honor and a privilege to have you here. So... Tell us a little bit about your, your backstory, how you got started, some of the things you overcame and, and, uh, what brought you to where you are now? We're going to take this whole first segment to explore some of that.
2: Sure. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I think, you know, when you, people ask you about your backstory, I guess, uh, you know, we could see how far we want to go back, but I'd say, uh, you know, folks say, you know, where'd your art, entrepreneurial journey begin? And mine actually started at a pretty young age, um, kind of growing up in my family, um, you know while we were we had our means and and um had my dad had some success in business my mom was an entrepreneur and had her own um, small business you know if, we, if there were things that we wanted oftentimes we had to sort of make the money ourselves and and get them so so i started uh at a very young age with you know shoveling snow for the neighborhood homes and you know uh detailing cars and cutting lawns and and sort of doing all kinds of things, you know, year round to uh, to try to raise some funds to to get some things that you know maybe were a little out of the out of the price range of stuff that I would normally would have gotten for birthdays and stuff like that. And so uh, so I got somewhat of a bug, I guess, then, and you know it sort of stayed with me a bit. Um, when I started in business, I I really thought I'd go into marketing. And uh, one piece of advice my dad gave me. Although he wasn't in the business side of it, he was more on the R&D side of business. You know, he said, if you want to really understand the customer to develop marketing programs and stuff for them, you got to get close to them. And the best way to get close to them is to start in sales. And so I took that advice and, and went into sales, um, you know, and started in tech um, for a large, uh, pretty large company, high flying company back in the day. And um, that actually getting close to the customer and and understanding you know kind of their needs and 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 learning all of sort of the sales skills about being consultative and and asking a lot of questions and trying to solve their uh, sort of their their problems with technology. Um, you know, once I got that bug and had some success with it, I never left. Uh, stayed in sales and kind of business development, account management, and so forth. Um, and started big and then slowly worked my way smaller um, from. The uh, this large company, the head of worldwide uh, sales and marketing, left to go to a small company and uh, asked me to come with them. And so I think I was employee maybe 30 and uh, we experienced going public. And so I got my first taste of what it's like to uh, work with a small company and, and spend time uh, helping it grow and grow with it. Uh, and of course, you know, experience an IPO and and get the benefits of getting some stock and uh, which led to me being able to buy a, you know, the, the home that I wanted uh, from that. So I thought, okay, this is interesting. Um, What if I went earlier and smaller and, and uh, potentially even think of new ideas for myself. So, so I just, it sort of started in that um, in those earlier days, but, but for me, um, it was just going smaller and smaller. The, The next was to join a team of 10 and then, And from there, it was, um, you know, actually starting co-founding and starting something um, on a a couple of times. Um, I have been fortunate to have three acquisitions and two IPOs. um, And so so Constant Contact's the one that's most notable. Um, But I found I was going kind of earlier and earlier in the cycle. uh, And I let this um, when it was time for Constant Contact, I met my co-founder through a mutual friend, actually, who was also an entrepreneur, who said, "Hey, I know someone who's technical has kind of has an idea, and you're really good on the go-to-market on the business side of things, and and we both were passionate about small business, and so it sort of he sort of connected us, and then we really hit it off, and, and really were aligned with kind of wanting to be on the front end of helping small businesses uh, from a marketing and uh, marketing perspective, and help grow the business as opposed to just technology." Um, so that's what brought us to um, to, you know, kind of that story.
1: Yeah. Was it scary?
2: Uh, very. <laughs> um, I was just actually thinking before the call about kind of some of those, the the earliest days. And of course, the feedback from from folks uh, like my mother saying, well, you have mortgages and, you know, you you know, you have bills and, you know, how could you how could you go start, go go to something where there's not going to be any income and. You know, you're not going to have a salary for a while. And, you know, and so, you know, sort of, I guess, just putting front and center some of the bigger issues of, you know, the risks that one would take. Um, you know, we, you know, we see, uh, you know, we get to see a lot of startups in our lives through a lot of things, including some that get dra- dramatized a bit with shows like Shark Tank. But, you know, you, you know, you see that the commitment, you know, that someone's someone will make uh, and the sacrifices that you'll make. To uh, potentially start something and so I was living that you know at the time and thinking what am I doing Um, but but that passion um, I guess the drive and the sacrifice that I was willing to make both professionally and personally uh, to do that was really fueled by the idea that, that we had and and the audience we were serving and knowing we would be able to to do something to make a difference and help them
1: yeah that's fantastic. What do you think are some of the unique challenges that you faced along the way? I think we got maybe three minutes or so to our first break.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, so there, there's a lot of challenges. I think, um, you know, the, I think the, you know, the first thing is, uh, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna have a lot of doors slammed in uh, sort of slammed in your face, if you will. You're gonna get a lot of no's. You know, you're gonna get a lot of people that are gonna, got to be naysayers about what are you doing and and why would you do that. Um, And I think the biggest thing is um, to overcome any of those challenges is to get to your target market and to get, you know, get in front of them, ask them questions of kind of what what problems are they uh, looking to solve? What are their goals and objectives? How can you potentially help them? And is what you're doing going to bring them closer to what they want and, and either solve the problem or or, you know, increase revenue or whatever it may be? And that's where when when doing um you know kind of that initial market feedback a lot of the challenges of what others you know kind of in the in in the ecosystem were saying about don't do it and no, the our target customer got wide-eyed with our idea and that's what gave us kind of i guess the the fuel if you will to uh to want to proceed
1: fantastic got a minute or two left to their first break do you remember your first client
2: uh so actually it was uh you know, and starting there were four. Um, and so I always say to people, don't, don't go to people, you know, people you've bought, you've done business with before family go to strangers because you'll get brutal, honest feedback. And so there were four, one was a cigar company. One was uh, two were gift related, and one was a wine related company. So you get an idea of my interest at the time, uh, yeah. but they were all small businesses that could use what we were doing.
1: Fantastic. And that's that that's a good point that you raise. I mean, testing your ideas on strangers to see if they're viable or not, because your friends and family aren't always going to give you the most honest answer. They might give you the answer that they hope you want to hear. Correct. Absolutely.
2: You're going to get the brutal honest feedback because because they they don't have to they don't have to be nice to you, you know, and, they, and if you're good to them, they'll, they'll be good to you. And if you're not, they're going to tell you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then they can always go somewhere else, and there's no emotional investment in it because they don't know you and they don't care. So that's a really great, great point. We are coming up against our very first break. My very special guest is Alex Stern. He is the co founder of Constant Contact, and we will discuss a lot of ideas today relating to building a business. We will talk about exceeding your customers' expectations. We will talk about identifying your core area of genius. We'll talk about What metrics should and maybe should not be measured? We'll talk about why businesses fail. We'll talk about so much more, but we will come right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We'll be right back. book, The Survival Guide to Living with Stress. So get the Healthy Primate Stress Support Supplement today at www.screwstress.com. Click the Amazon logo. It'll take you where you need to go. Once again, that is www.screwstress.com. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Welcome back to
0: Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright.
1: And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Alex Stern. He is one of the co-founders of Constant Contact and uh, if you have not downloaded and subscribed to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes, please go ahead and do so. I would love that. I would appreciate that. Even a review would be fantastic and very, very meaningful. So, Alec, let's talk a little bit about developing a world-class customer service reputation. It comes with exceeding their expectations on a very regular basis, doesn't it?
2: It does. Yeah, that's a, that's a great uh, sort of great thing to cover. Um, you know the um, you know when we think about When we think about, uh, you know, customer success and and, I like to say surprise and delight or wow your customers, Mm. you know, we're all customers every day. We go into um, and expect, you know, different products and services from and and have an experience every single day with whatever we're sort of doing. And our expectations are pretty high and we're looking for someone to meet those and potentially uh, exceed them every time. And if they don't, you know, then then we may not go back to them or we may want to you know kind of give a negative review for from an experience or want to talk to a manager. So you know we're really quick to kind of want to react to that. and I think it's just you know it's really important to think about what can you do in your business, uh, whether it's a product or service that would, would surprise and delight them, and do something that they wouldn't expect. and one of the things we did at constant contact, which we didn't do initially, but um, we we brought this into the fold fairly early on was you know someone would open a free trial. And within 48 hours, they'd receive a phone call and it would be a marketing coach to say, hey, listen, you know, I'm here to help you. And, you know, what brought you to us and what what sort of the goals or objectives are you trying to achieve and how can we get you get you to achieve those, you know, using constant contact? And so we'd we'd wow them. They're like, hey, you know, I signed up for a free service online and you're calling me and really create that sort of wow moment, you know, out of the gate as one example of something that we did.
1: Wow, that is absolutely fantastic. I love that. You love talking about identifying your guardrail. What exactly does that mean?
2: Yeah, so uh, sort of setting your guardrails, and, and, and it starts with um, usually uh, when I, when I uh, go around and I speak and I talk to an audience, and uh, we could do this on the radio, although if you're driving, do not release your hands from the uh, steering wheel. Right. Uh, but I'd always ask someone, raise your hand. Uh, you know, How many of you know that one core thing that you're going to do Uh, To succeed in your business uh, and help your target market and so as the hands go up, you know Usually it's about five five percent of the room will raise their hand Which says that there's 95 percent of the people in the room that haven't quite figured out exactly what that one core thing is Or there are many of the folks if I ask the question How many have many things they're doing and a lot of hands will go up and so so it's sort of first and foremost figuring out What's that one core thing if you were to look at the bullseye on a dartboard What's in the bullseye for helping your target market and, and meeting their goals and objectives and, and helping them succeed? If you know what that one thing is, then you really focus on that and try to nail that. Because <clears throat> if you nail it, then you're then you'll be able to get feedback, you'll get success stories, you'll get uh, you'll get customers, and then customers will, you know, obviously then drive revenue, which allows you to hire people and so on. And then you could do other things. So it's sort of setting the guardrails of what if it was a highway, what's the lane that you're gonna travel on with that one core thing? You may switch lanes. Uh, sometimes as you learn from getting feedback, you might you get off the highway and come back on. You might switch highways and pivot. But at the end of the day, think about the guardrails around that business because we're really, we get wide-eyed in what, we, what we'll offer and do to help our target customer. And sometimes we wanna to do too much. And, and so, so we've gotta pare it back down initially to sort of what's that one thing and then the next thing is you look for what's adjacent to that. What can we add into the mix that would be adjacent? So it's not going to put too much of a strain on the business and cost and resource to add more things in, cross sell and upsell and do other things with the business. And then of course, then once we've gotten uh, enough money, kind of in the coffers, we can look at things that are outside the core, unrelated, um, that that we could potentially be testing and trying to do to to uh, uh, to uh, work with our target customer.
1: Absolutely. And speaking of, of testing and, and measuring, what gets measured gets done. So it's important to know your numbers and your metrics. In addition to sales numbers, what do you think are the most important things that a business can track?
2: Uh, yeah. And so as far as uh, sort of first in terms of um, uh, every business needs to be metric driven and you have to establish what are the metrics that are important to you. Uh, there are a lot of things that are online and very ordered and can be easily measured. And so the first thing I'll tell, you know, folks is to put the hooks in to capture and measure everything. You know, if you have a website and which you all will, you know, you can add in Google Analytics and plug that in. So it's capturing all kinds of data for you. You may not look at the data initially, but you want to capture it because one day you're going to wake up and say, gee, I wonder, are we getting a lot of traffic for people to our website coming from Seattle? You know, are we, um, you know, uh, how how soon is someone coming to our site and leaving? And if they're coming, where are they spending time? And so there's all kinds of information you might want to um, sort of learn and understand about, you know, where people are coming from and what they're doing when they get there to your website, as an example. And so put the hooks in to capture all that information, even though you might not look at it today, because someday when you wake up and you want to look at it, you want the data to be able to go, go look at it and not say, oh, let's put the hooks in now. Wait nine months to a year to then look at it. So put the yeah. hooks in first. And then as far as initial metrics, you know, each business will set what's important to them. But some of the key things I think you need to look at is what does it cost you to get that, that next customer? And it's really important to understand that because there's a lot of offline and online things that you're going to do to, um, you know, to work with a prospect to turn them into a customer. And you have to understand what's that investment that you're making to get them. And again, online is very ordered, and you'll know if you're doing pay per click and you're you're spending money to drive traffic to then maybe convert. But offline, just as important, are you on the phone with them? Are you speaking to them face to face? How many visits or times do you need to talk to them? What's the what's your what's uh what's your average? Um, assume your 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 value is like a hundred dollars an hour worth of time, and you spent three and a half hours. You spent three hundred and fifty dollars talking to them before maybe they acquired your product or service. So think about, you know, kind of what does it cost you to acquire that next customer cost of acquisition? And then you're going to say, what's that customer worth to you? You know, the value of that customer. And then, of course, over a lifetime, what's that value? Because if once you land a customer, they might in turn, um, you know, bring two other people to you. So then that has no cost of acquisition initially, but it drives revenue. So the lifetime value of a customer might be three times what it would be if they're bringing you to other people. So there's some of those metrics that I think are really important that you would set as your kind of handful of metrics you would be capturing. Um, and then you add to the, that add to that as you go, but make sure you, you've got hooks in to capture the data.
1: Absolutely. And I would like to think that tracking, uh, your advertising sources on a dollar per dollar return basis would be very helpful. Back in the nineties, I used to be a resume writer and this is pre internet. And so I would have an ad in the student newspaper. I would have an ad in the yellow pages. I would have an ad in uh, several community yellow pages and, and uh, I would just track, I would ask everybody, how did you hear about us? Right. And I would just track, you know, add up how much money they invested with me to do have me do the resumes for them. And, and, how many customers and I always knew how much money per customer per source. And so that helped me decide what the most uh, valuable sources of advertising were. And that's, that's something else that somebody really ought to track as well. So let me ask you this, Alec, why, why do you think businesses fail? There are a multitude of reasons, but what do you think are the top, maybe one or two reasons why businesses don't survive? So
2: I think that the first, uh, the first thing is that, uh, we're all passionate about something that we're doing in business and we we're excited about what we're bringing to market. Uh, But sometimes we have the horse blinders on and we, we believe we know what our target market really needs. If you are, if you were a small business and you really understood it, you say, Hey, I now have a solution for them. You might know better than someone who's just saying, I think I know what to do for that audience. Um, But you have to really, Listen to your customers, you have to adapt, you have to maybe change your messaging, you have to learn from all the stuff you, you're doing. You can't just, for example, create your website, put it put it up online and say, "I'm done." The minute your website goes live, that's when the work begins. The minute your target your sorry your um, your messaging and your marketing starts, you know you're going to have to tweak and, and change it for your target market and so so I think oftentimes we uh, we see folks just being so um, i guess almost with those blinders just set in the way that they're doing it and how they are they get so much robotic about what they're offering. And they may be, you know, just to the left or to the right, slightly off from the real big opportunity that they miss because they're not open to hearing that feedback or getting out and constantly testing and understanding, you know, is this resonating with their target market? So I think that's first and foremost. And then I think the second thing is that, You know, we often will say, you know, who's your target market? Small business. Well, small business or SMB or however you define it can mean a lot of things to different people. If I ask 10 people define SMB, you you know, what is that in number of customers, size, you know, revenue, you know, et cetera. You know, 10 different people will give 10 different answers. And then what is what are you offering them in terms of a product or service and cost? If you're dealing with really small businesses on Main Street and you have a hundred thousand dollar product, it's going to be pretty hard to sell them on that. That's more maybe medium size or enterprise. And so it's really important to know exactly kind of the sweet spot of who your target market is. um, And then and then then going to find out where they are, where they're hanging out and how do you get to them? Because it's not always a function of going door to door, knocking on uh, on that door to sell them. There may be other opportunities through channels and partnerships and other ways to get to that target market.
1: Yeah, we've got about two minutes or so to our next break. Uh, With Constant Contact, you went from startup to IPO to a $1.1 billion acquisition. We may not all get to do that, but there were certainly some principles in play as to how you grew your business so fast. What do you think were some of the driving factors in that?
2: Well, i like to say we're an overnight success in 18 years. So
1: uh,
2: fast is a relative term, but, you know, we took a couple of years to get sort of the flywheel going of what we were doing and how we're going to offer it to customers. There were a couple of things that didn't exist that that are there today. We're all used to the term SaaS, you know, software as a service, rented software, et cetera, didn't exist when we started. You know, we had to, you know, basically put our software on a CD and deliver it, you know, to a small business. And we were one of the first, Uh, I think the first or second um, SaaS offering on the IBM platform and one of the first, you know, to actually succeed in, in helping small businesses with that SaaS offering. So, so we were trailblazing on a lot of things that didn't exist um, back then that do today. Um, And so, um, you know, I said, you, you kind of, um, you have to, uh, we had to kind of really figure out kind of how, how could we overcome a sort of a lot of the, the challenges that, that, uh, to get to our target market and how we're going to sort of serve them with things okay. like the creation of a SaaS offering.
1: Awesome. We are coming up against our next break. My very special guest this week is Alex Stern. He's one of the co-founders of Constant Contact. And we will talk about so much more when we come back from the break. Please stay with us. This is Success Profiles Radio. We will be right back.
0: back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright.
1: And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Alex Stern. He is the one of the co-founders of Constant Contact And if you do not have my book, Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, uh, get that. It's at Barnes & Noble. It's in Books A Million. It's It's on Amazon. It's in the stores. It's everywhere. And if you go to a store and they don't have it, please ask for it. And if you happen to be in the Phoenix area, I will be doing a book signing at Barnes & Noble at Santan Village in Gilbert, Arizona this Saturday and at the Metro Center store on Saturday, December 15th. So I've got a couple book signings before Christmas. I'm excited about that. So, Alec, let's talk about. Venture funding. You are well versed in the venture funding arena, angel investing. What do you have to do to attract capital into your company? And really, what needs to be in place before you even consider asking somebody for money for your business?
2: Sure. Yeah. There, there's uh, the the criteria will differ. Um, I, you know, depending on uh, several things. But when it comes down to it. Uh, You know what I look for is uh, first and foremost, you know, the founder or the founding team, and and kind of really understanding their, you know, the the their passion and their 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 ready, you know, their willingness to gut it out no matter what happens. Um, I've actually written a check, you know, for someone that, you know, I said no matter what happens, um, if 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 this thing goes south or, you know, they they they're missing the mark, they're gonna he's this this founder is gonna figure it out and he's got a team that's. Passionate behind him to do it. And so I said, okay, I believe in them and I know they will and and it was a situation where We ended up um, uh, the company got acquired even before bring the product to market And so it was just one of those scenarios where it's like, okay, you know, the 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 team first and foremost um, The overall market opportunity, you know, oftentimes we're we're not thinking big enough and seeing the bigger picture and so uh, when you think about um, you know, the 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 scale of the business Do you really have an understanding of, you know, how big this can get and and where are the sort of the different um, kind of levels you can go with the business? You might start with a specific target market opportunity, but are there ones behind it that that will grow this so that the overall opportunity is much larger than some of the original target? So those would be a couple of things. Um, You know, when we started with Constant Contact, we had a PowerPoint. We didn't have a business plan. We had an executive summary. Um, we really understood our target market. They saw the passion of what we, um, you know, what what we had for our, our helping our target market, and and really understood, you know, kind of our kind of what we're going to do for a go-to-market strategy. Um, and we were able to get funding before we we had even a single customer. And so, so I think it's important to, you know, really have that all buttoned up and and be able to bring that forward. And that, and you really have to understand those things to really have a successful business. And you need to be able to project that to an angel investor, friends and family, angel investor, venture, you know, et cetera.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about meeting people. In order to run a successful business, you have to be able and willing to meet a lot of different people. And sometimes people talk about wanting to meet the really highly ultra successful people, and there's nothing wrong with that. But tell us how you go out and meet people and who do you enjoy meeting the most?
2: Yeah. So I think it's um, uh, maybe there's you know, the answer in a couple of different ways. I think specific to the business uh, we've all set out to like who would be on the hit list of the people we would want to meet to either bring them into the fold to maybe work for us, bring them into the fold to maybe um, be an advisor or a mentor. So to be really strategic to have in the mix uh, a board member potentially, And then, then who would be someone that we might want to have a strategic partner with partnership with, or maybe a strategic investor? Yeah. I'd like to say it's the smart factor, you know, being smart about finding the right, um, you know, uh, people that you would align yourselves with in, in sort of all areas. Uh, And then, then it's really a function of, um, you know, seeing, uh, you know, through the, you know, through the network, is there, is there someone who could do a warm kind of warm connection to someone? Um, it's a lot easier to, you know, and we see this across, you know, all things in life. But a lot easier to proceed and and uh, with a warm connection to someone than to just sort of reach out cold. Uh, and if you're going to go to a conference and someone's going to be speaking, try to reach out to them ahead of time and see if you can get a coffee with them and and just work work it. Don't just show up and think, well, maybe if if, if I can steal a minute of their time, I'll I'll, I'll try that see what you can do to try to warm it up and get, it, get in front of people. Um, and, and, and your network will help you. And I think it's just really important to, to tap into that because some of the best connections that I've made in all aspects of the areas I, made, I mentioned earlier were done through someone connecting me to someone and having it become warm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So how do you decide who you want to work with, whether it's as a client or as a vendor? Do you have a criteria of your perfect person that you want to work with?
2: Yeah, the, uh, um, uh, it's really hard. So, so, so I always think about kind of where's the channel in my business, you know, where, yeah. where, where are, are these strategic partnerships, these channels, uh, and the people that we could work with that could get us to our target market. Cause if you can figure out who those folks are, that's where it's going to help you tip this, um, to tip it so that the business can scale. Um, when we started Constant Contact, we were 100% channel focused. We could not go door to door on Main Street around the country or the world to go call on small business. We had to find, you know, these different partnerships uh, that we would work with that could get us in front of our target market. The biggest challenge once you identify who the categories are, and then who the who the businesses are within those categories or the partnerships you want to do you, you want to work with. The biggest thing is which ones will be successful. And I think that's, that's sort of the, kind of the hard thing. You can affect a lot of things in helping them be successful with how you work with them and stay on them. Because a lot of times when you're working with folks like that, it's the shi- shiny new object syndrome where they sign up with you, they're all excited, and you know, a month later they're like, hey, here's this other thing we gotta go focus on. And then they're off. And you gotta think how do you stay in front of them, stay top of mind, do things to wow the partner like you did, you you will do with your customers, and they say, "Hey, we got to do more. Pour gas on this partnership. We got to do more with them because you know they're just really they're committed to us." And then opportunities come to you, you know, where they'll say, "Hey, you know, we someone dropped out, and we have a one-page you know ad in our upcoming magazine. Do you want it?" And you're the answer is yes, and they say, "Now, how are we going to do that?" And you figure out how to create an ad to get them get it to them overnight, um, and so. So there, there's there's uh, the opportunity will come, but I think it's really you're figuring out exactly kind of who who you need to work with, um, and then see see the success from it.
1: Absolutely. So Alec, what do you believe are some of the quickest and most effective ways to attract clients? I mean, obviously you have to increase your leads and your sales, and you have to figure out how to do this pretty much every day if you're going to survive.
2: Yeah. So so that's really a function of first and foremost. I mean, uh, when we went out and got those four, four customers um, you know, I went, I went door to door and calling on customers and trying to get, get those initial four um, you know, then, you know, when, when, when it came to working with folks who could get us to a lot more like partners, you know, they'd say, do you have any references? And I say, well, I'll give you three, I'd give them three. And then they say, I have any more. I'm like, I'll give them one more, you know, and no one asked for a fifth. Um, so <laughs> fingers crossed. But we were able to get them, kind of, you know, um, get them to, to believe in us simply by just getting some of those initial few customers. So on the partnership side, you know, it was just easy for us if we just got those initial four. You've got to get some folks to 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 be able to use as uh, for feedback, be able to tweak your offering from that feedback, be able to get uh, you know a success story or quotes or or a case study or whatever you need to then go to your next customer and of course then to any partnerships or to, and then eventually, you know, if you're going to go out and raise any funds, they're going to want to see it, you know, so is anyone using it? What are they saying? You know? And so it's just, um, you got to get a couple going and then, um, and, and you don't need a lot. You just need to get some that you have success with that can help fuel you to go get those next customers. Cause that's using them as a lever is going to be really important because they're going to want to see, well, who else like me, you know or others like me do what are they doing, and yeah. you can use those
1: references absolutely when you go to live events, Alec, what is your uh I guess the word I want to use is agenda what is your purpose? why do you go if you're not speaking, for example, why do you go
2: yeah so uh, so actually a constant contact there's a there's a whole wall of uh, sort of the lanyards and and uh, the tags of, of all the conferences that I actually went to, I went to hundreds, you know, in the earliest days of constant contact, I'd walk the floors and badge read walking down the aisles to see who I needed to speak to, or try to reach out to anyone who would, you know, go to the vendors and see if there's ways we could work together. And so just really relentless about talking to anyone who would listen to uh, to see about, you know, how we could potentially work together. And was was an opportunity to maybe team. Um, and so. Um, that was kind of in the earlier days, you know, then it, then it moved quickly to where we were invited to speak. And so I spoke at, you know, um, hundreds of conferences to where we had, we, we, we built up thought leadership and best practices and things to help the audience that were there, which then people said, we want you on stage to, to tell them, teach them. Cause they look good. If they, if they bring someone into the fold who yes. will help that audience. And so, so you lead with value. And so so uh, it moved quickly from just attending to then speaking. And of course, now, you know, I'm uh, honored to have the opportunity to speak on a regular basis uh, outside of thought leadership and the stuff that we did for Constant Contact and more about kind of the founding story, early days, lessons learned and motivate people to take their business to the next level.
1: Absolutely. We've got a couple of minutes to our next break. I want to ask, what are some of your most favorite events that you've ever attended or spoken at?
2: Uh, so you know when um, so a lot of you know constant contact was in every vertical. You know there's you know 750,000 customers plus and and they and and so going to a lot of the events to you know for example um, some of the leading events for nonprofit. You know to have a have a room full of people that are dedicating their you know kind of their lives to helping causes to help others. You know, to me, it was one of the what was one of the greatest you know, sort of experiences. And then to get up on stage and try to and help them take their nonprofit to the next level. Uh, similarly, all the ones with the small business focus, you know, uh, always something that just really, really uh, inspired and motivated me. And I would literally uh, then and I do today when I go to a conference, you know, spend spend uh, the full time there. It's a three day conference. I'm there all three days. I'm present. I'm active. I'm involved. It's not. Well, well, I was on the show floor yesterday. I don't need to go today. Um, I was just constantly just always, always uh, engaged and active Mm -hmm. because you just never know who's in in line in front and behind you getting a coffee or standing waiting to talk to someone in a booth or going to to one of the sessions.
1: Yep, absolutely. And I, I know that this is true because I've been to some events that you've spoken at and you are one of the approachable ones. I think sometimes people get intimidated by the speakers thinking, oh, they would never want to talk to me or I have to be somebody before I can even dare to speak to them. That's not true. I mean, you're one of the approachable ones. You love talking to people, finding out what their dreams and aspirations are and seeing uh, whether there's a fit or not. And we are coming right up against the break, but I just wanted to give you that kudo right there because you, you are amazing. So I do thank you so much for being who you are and for being approachable at events. And if you ever have a chance to hear Alex speak in person, you've got to do it. We'll come right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio, and down the stretch we come. We will finish the show off very shortly, and uh, we'll be right back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please don't go away. We will be right back.
0: And inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles
1: Radio. Do you have trouble falling asleep and staying asleep? I know that drugs can be addictive and cause a hangover the next day. That's why you need the Sleep Band. The Sleep Band helps you fall asleep quickly and easily and for a longer period of time. This results in a more restful and peaceful night's sleep, which is something all of us need. With the Sleep Band, you will wake up fresh and alert, ready to begin your day. You can get your Sleep Band and other great healing products by visiting HealingFrequencyProducts.com. Check it out today for a better sleep tomorrow. HealingFrequencyProducts.com. This is the
0: togi quality programming
3: Critic's or the people who study dreams tell us that the kind of television you watched as a child can affect your dreams today. For instance, if you had a black and white TV, you might be prone to colorless dreams. I'm pretty sure I dream in color, but my friends say it's a pigment of my imagination. It has been suggested the type of cheese you eat can also impact your dreams. This might be a bit hard to digest, but a study conducted by the British Cheese Board discovered that People who ate cheddar cheese dreamt more about celebrities, while folks who ate blue cheese experienced more bizarre dreams. A bad dream could give you matatulapia or the bad mood you experience when you get up on the wrong side of the bed. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app to Funny for Words.
0: Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright.
1: And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Alex Stern. He is one of the co-founders of Constant Contact And if you missed the beginning of the show, please know that I'm having a virtual event on Wednesday and Thursday this week, November 28th and 29th, called Authorpreneur Live. And if you happen to hear this replay after, the live show you can register anytime and if you want to buy the recordings for a nominal fee you sure can but it's designed to help you become an author so that you can write your book market your book and leverage your book into greater opportunities to grow your business it is not to be missed so alec as long as i'm thinking about it where can we find you and learn more about you and what you're doing coming up
2: sure yeah the uh uh, fortunate to have beta tested most of the uh social channels so everything's Uh, just by my name, A-L-E-C-S-T-E-R-N, you know, at Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, et cetera. So uh, easy to find me and uh, you don't have to put any other symbols in there, just my name and uh, you'll be able to find me.
1: That is absolutely fantastic. So the importance of taking action really fast. A lot of the most successful people I've interviewed have said that that's really important. How important is that for you?
2: Yeah, you know, there's all kinds of different uh, statements around that. But, uh, you know, you've got to move quickly in whatever you're doing. Um, you know, I, I often talk to so many startups and small businesses and, you know, they're, uh, they're in stealth mode and they want to just you know they're kind of continue working on the idea. And, you know, you've got to, you've got to get stuff out there. When we, when we brought our product out to constant contact, it broke, it constantly had to, um, had to be, uh, you know, uh, uh, fix, fix bugs and, and bring, you know, sort of bring out something to them that, uh, that worked and, you know, that's the only way you're going to kind of learn. And, you know, you have to, they have to have some patience with you and you with them, but at the end of the day, um, just, you've got to get stuff out there. You know, they talk about you fail fast, fail forward, you know, there's all kind of different statements for it, but, but, um, the only way you're going to really get, uh, you know, get, get quick feedback and start to potentially get right, you know, to the, to the exact offering to your target market and be able to start landing customers is to get, you know, get out there, you know, quickly and, uh, um, and learn.
1: Fantastic. So Alec, what does your perfect day look like?
2: Perfect day. Uh, so my day starts early. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a early riser, uh, no matter what time I go to bed, I'm usually up by five 30 or you know, five to five 30 anyway. And, um, I do some downtime, you know, kind of early in the morning, usually start the day, you know, put the phone away and, um, you know, usually just have some time to myself, um, usually there's a, uh, you know, an early dog walk, you know, just to just be head clear and get, you know, th- think my thoughts for the day. Um, I'm not, I used to be that, that person that would walk into the office and, and want to, you know, just, just start my list of all that I'm going to tackle today. And, you know, I've sort of stopped that because then it just puts all this pressure on you to get that stuff done. Cause the minute you get in there, all kinds of other stuff hits and you're like, I didn't get to my list. What about my list after lunch, the list. And I just really found it just, you know, for me, it's just, you know, I'm, um, I know what I need to do. And it's just, you know, when I, when I can, can get those things done, I do them, but otherwise it's just tackling whatever, uh, whatever I need to, uh, all of things driving towards some goal or objective, uh, you know, for, for the sort of the bigger picture of what we're
1: doing. That's fantastic. So what do you think is your busy- biggest success story in your business career?
2: Wow. So, um, you know, there are many, um, but I think I, uh, you know, for, for me, you know, the, the, um, I'd lead I'd lead in first by saying that oftentimes, you know, and I was, I was asking an audience show of hands, how many of you have that one, like real strategic partner or that real strategic you know investor or mentor, or whoever it may be that you want to like pick up the phone and call, but you're hesitant to do so. And the hands all go up. Everyone has somebody that they want to call, you know, so there's that partnership that we'd love to have. But, and so I just say, you know, you've got to, you've got to, um, you know, uh, you've got to break down whatever it is in you, know, in you to to stop hesita- hesitating. It, it's too early. It's too this. It's too that. You make all these excuses. And for me, it's just, you know, um, I always say, like, uh, in order to, to get yourself fired up, you know, um, h- hug a loved one, uh, you know, pick up and hold a baby, pet a dog, sing to your favorite song out loud, and then pick up the phone and call them. And then you're going to have a successful phone call. And what do you do next? you make another call you don't celebrate and then you have another good call. You make another call and just, just, you just, it's just doing it. And so for me, I've been very successful in just being able to to get kind of myself fired up because people can hear the energy through the phone uh, when you're actually, when you're making a call and you're, and you're excited and you're, and you're, and you have positive energy and no hesitance. And so I think it's just really important for me. It was just learning, Kind of how to be able to 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 drive the conversation and and be really buttoned up about what I'm what I'm going to say to somebody and know let them feel that you know that okay let's let's give this this uh you know this startup in in our case in some some cases we were so early it's like hey, why would they even talk to us well that they should because we have something they need and just yeah. really convincing ourselves to just you know to 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 make that phone call
1: yeah absolutely and when when things are going bad I find lately that. Freebird fixes just about everything.:
2: uh, everything in life. And you know <laughs> Freebird will always solve it. And for me, it's, by the way, for me, it's um, "Don't stop believing by journey." That's been my, been my anthem from day one, and I actually just had a chance to spend time with Steve Perry and tell him that I mention it in every speech and whenever I have an opportunity and that, that I do play it, I do sing it, I do everything with it, I drum to it. Um, you know, that that's been my anthem um, in, in success in life and, and business.
1: Oh, wow. That is fantastic. So we talked about your biggest success story. What about your biggest disappointment or your biggest fail or, or maybe greatest learning experience? We can call it that.
2: Yeah. So that's another great one because, um, you know, I'll also ask questions of an audience and say, you know, how many have have something that's, you know, you walk in and you, you create your checklist. And the first thing on the checklist is that one big kind of issue or thing you've got to overcome that, you know, it's just it's this thing in front of you. Um, and so so we all have to learn a muscle memory to knock that thing down. And, and you know, when we have an issue and that's blocking us in business and we're not the first ones. So go seek out others that have had that similar problem. And um, how did they fail at trying to knock it down? How did they succeed at it? Break it down into smaller chunks. You know, you've got to do something to get to knock it down you create a muscle memory to knocking those challenges down because sitting behind that challenge is a bigger one and you got to figure out how to quickly solve that one. And behind that one's a bigger one. So as you're moving through your, your business and life there, these challenges are there. Um, and if you don't create that muscle memory to knock them down quickly, then they're, they're they're just going to weigh on you. They're going to get heavier. The next big one shows up and next, thing you know, there's too many. and, And oftentimes that could lead to failure. And so so for me, it was that these things exist and they crop up and you don't expect them, but you figure out a way to solve to break them down, solve them, go go find others that have been successful at knocking those down, you know, seeking advice to do so and what they did and knock them down so you can you can tackle the next one.
1: What has surprised you the most about entrepreneurship?
2: Uh let's see. There's certainly a lot of things about entrepreneurship that that are. um, I mean, every day is is, surprises me. But I think for me, the biggest thing was, um, um, you know, just how um, just. I mean, it's 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 so emotionally charging to to create something and to 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 know your target market, give it to your target market, see them succeed. I can walk down Main Street, you know, here in Boston. And, and the other day, you know, for uh, for small business Saturday, business knocking on the, the window, waving me to come in and just give me a big hug and say hello and tell me how, you know, they just sent out a campaign and, and that their store was full for their sa- small business Saturday. Like it, that to me, you know, just the, you know, it just is, it's, emotion, it's emotionally overwhelming and it's, and, and it's a feel good to know that, like Main Street, small businesses and very small businesses on Main Street, you know, are are succeeding and 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 knowing that we had an impact, you know, in constant contact and you know certainly had such an impact and knowing we had fifteen, you know, hundred employees still, you know, obviously still in existence, um, although with the company selling, I'm not involved. That 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 are that are focused on doing that every day and helping those small businesses.
1: Absolutely. So. A lot of people that I talk to have been influenced by mentors or perhaps their most favorite book. What has that inspiration been for you?
2: Yeah, there's, there's a lot. I mean, you know, I'm fortunate to be on stages with some of the, uh, the, the, likes of Mark Victor Hansen and Jack Canfield and Sharon Lecter and, um, you know, Greg Reed. And there's so many, there's so many amazing folks that, that, uh, I, you know, sort of pinch myself often to, to be on stage stages with folks like that, um, as far as like a, a book and, and a principle, uh, I think Simon Sinek's Start With Why is one that's a, one of my favorites. And, and it really gets you to, to, you know, he gives you a lot. There's a lot of great examples in the, in the book and certainly his, his um, continued podcast and, and writings and so forth about just really focusing on, on the why of your business, not the how and the what, not the speeds and the feeds and all these features. But, but you know, why, why would your target market You want to take advantage of what you're, you know, what you're offering. And, and so it just gets you to look at things a little bit differently. And I I found that to be very useful.
1: Fantastic. I normally ask toward the end who inspires and motivates you, but I feel like you, you have answered that question already. So we've got less than two minutes until the end. If you were starting over today, knowing what you know right now, what might you do differently?
2: What would I do differently? Uh, (laughs) um, You know, I think, uh, you know, Mentioned earlier, I think you know there's there's things that can be done faster. I think mm. I, you know the learnings as you go. You know sometimes we're slowing down because we're learning. So I think now maybe maybe I've gotten some of the learnings and and now with point to point global, uh, which is our uh, uh, you know the new uh, company that I've just helped co-found, we're we're uh, we're moving fast. We're moving really fast, and I think a lot of that is just between myself and co-founders. But you know w- you know there's an experience of having been there and had done that. And and just now, now we can just move even at more of an accelerated um, pace because we know how to quickly move through identifying the the you know the problem, the market opportunity, the market size, et cetera, and then be able to start executing.
1: Fantastic! Less than a minute until the end. One more time. How can we find you? How can we try with you and vibe with you, Alec?
2: Sure. Yeah. So so everything is um, is uh, by my name A L E C S T E R N, Alec Stern. At Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, and uh, kind of all the social channels. And I'm speaking all over and you can uh, track where I'm going and hopefully I'll get to meet some of the audience at an upcoming conference.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for being here, Alex Stern. You were fantastic and amazing. It would be a pleasure to have you back someday down the line.
2: I'd look forward to it. Thank you, Brian.
1: All right. And thank all of you for listening. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Join me every Monday at 6 Eastern, where I interview another world-class achiever and learn how they succeeded, what they overcame, and the lessons that we can learn from their journey. Until next week, you all have a great week. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Thanks for joining us. Have a great week. Goodbye, everyone.
0: Success Profiles Radio with your host Brian K. Wright. Each week we'll explore different aspects of success and how to